This episode is brought to you by Podbean. Are you looking to start your own podcast? Podbean is an easy and powerful way to start podcasting. We give you all of the tools you need for a successful podcast, and there's no difficult technology to learn. Sign up today for a free Podbean account at www.podbean.com. That's P-O-D-B-E-A-N.com. The focus of today's case involves the fatal decision that four teenage girls made on April 21st, 2016. These four teenage girls had agreed to meet up in their high school bathroom, but one of those girls would end up losing her life while the three others would end up facing criminal charges and backlash from their community. I want to preface today's episode by saying that because this case involves individuals who are minors at the time of the crime and were tried in family court, that the only full name I will be giving is the victims. I will be using the initials TC, ZS, and CW when referencing the other three minors involved in this crime. Hi, I'm Gigi, and this is Noir True Crime Files. In 2016, Amy Anita Joyner Francis was 16 years old and a high school sophomore at Howard High School of Technology in Wilmington, Delaware. Amy was a good student who stayed out of trouble and was well liked by her classmates. In April of that year, Amy began having issues with another female student named TC. It is alleged that the drama between the girls started over a boy that Amy was dating. There was also allegations of gossip being the reason for the tension between the two girls. TC had either dated or had a crush on Amy's boyfriend, but but he began dating Amy at some point. TC and her friends began making it known that they had an issue with Amy and allegedly started sending her threatening text messages. Amy ignored those messages at first, but then they started to become too much for her to handle. On April 20th, in a text message to a friend, Amy reportedly said that she was going to school the next day to settle the beef between her and TC. Amy was known as a peacemaker, so her friends and her boyfriend encouraged her to just drop the issue and not to meet up with TC. Amy decided that she was still going to go through with the meeting, so her friends told her to be careful. The next morning, around 8 a.m., Amy entered the girls' bathroom on the second floor of Howard High School. Inside the bathroom were 20 girls, including TC, ZS, and CW. It is unknown how it started, but Amy and TC began fighting. 
It is alleged that while they were fighting, that Amy was getting the best of TC. What is known for sure, according to a police affidavit of the cell phone recording of the fight, is that TC somehow got a grip on Amy's braids and was hitting her with a closed fist. Those punches landed on Amy's head, face, and torso. Also seen in the video is ZS, who is kicking Amy while she's down on the ground. As the attack continues, Amy's head hits a sink and she appears to struggle to get up after TC is seen walking away. The affidavit goes on to say that after hitting her head, Amy begins to exhibit signs of disorientation and collapses shortly after. The girls involved in the fight and the other bystanders left the bathroom, leaving Amy laying on the floor. Math teacher Stacy Sudler heard a commotion coming from the second floor and found students frantically buzzing around the halls. Sudler ran to the bathroom and found Amy in the handicapped stall. Sudler would later testify that he could tell that Amy had been in a fight. Her skin looked paler than usual and she appeared to be out of it. When Sudler asked Amy what happened, she responded, they snuck me and they jumped me. Sudler alerted another faculty member to get the school nurse, Joan Holvek. Holvek, as well as another teacher, Ursula McCoy, came to Amy's aid in the bathroom. Holvek had brought a wheelchair, but Amy was unable to get up to use it. When Holvek observed Amy, she was only moaning and unable to respond to questions. McCoy would end up sitting on the floor with Amy, holding her as she struggled to breathe. When help arrived, Amy was taken by helicopter to A.I. DuPont Hospital for Children, but was pronounced dead shortly after arrival. By 10.15 a.m., students at Howard High were made aware of Amy's death and were sent home early. When students returned to school the following day, they were given a half-day schedule and provided with counseling services. That same night, a vigil was held in Amy's memory. Students, parents, faculty, and members of the community gathered together to sing songs, release balloons into the air, and talk about how the senseless actions that contributed to Amy's death should not have happened. During a press conference held at the school, Mayor Dennis P. Williams gave his condolences to Amy's family and spoke on how upset he was to learn of her death. He was quoted as saying, things like this shouldn't happen. Amy's father, Sonny, told local news station Fox 29 that he felt as if he was in a dream and was trying to wake up. All I know is my daughter is gone. She was the love of my life and it hurts. Soon after Amy died, Wilmington police began working quickly to interview witnesses and to also find out who was directly involved in the fight. During the course of their investigation, they discovered that TC, ZS, and CWs were involved in the fight. According to court documents, 
Through written and oral communications, investigators were able to piece together a planned attack on Amy 20 hours prior to the fight. At the conclusion of their interviews with the girls, the detectives did not immediately file charges against them. They still had to sort through over 3,000 printed pages of data and were awaiting results from Amy's autopsy as well. News of Amy's death had spread quickly and became a huge topic on social media. Music legend Prince had also just died, so using the hashtags Justice for Amy and Amy Joyner, people urged the public not to forget about her, insisting that Amy's story was just as important. There was an outpouring of condolences online from celebrities like rapper Dej Loaf and actress Cheryl Lee Ralph, who tweeted about Amy using her hashtags. A week after Amy died, her memorial service was held at St. Paul UAME Church. Media outlets were camped outside the church but were not allowed inside or on the property. During the service, Amy's mother fondly remembered her daughter, stating how extremely beautiful, thoughtful, intelligent, intelligent, and talented Amy was. One by one, Amy's friends stood up in the packed church and shared their favorite memories of her. School certificates of achievement that Amy had received during her academic career were also shared with the congregation, including her honor roll certificate and her certificate of perfect attendance. When the results of Amy's autopsy had come back, it was revealed that Amy's cause of death was actually the result of a pre-existing heart condition called Eisenmenger syndrome. Eisenmenger syndrome is a rare condition which combines stiff arteries in the lungs with an arterial septal defect, which is also known as a hole in the heart. Present at birth, this defect may cause problems, but is usually discovered incidentally. If detected early enough, it can be repaired through surgery. The odds of someone dying from Eisenmenger syndrome is small, but it can shorten someone's lifespan by leaving them vulnerable to strokes. According to the examiner's report, the stress and impact from the fight made Amy vulnerable to this pre-existing condition, causing her heart to go into fight or flight mode. Even with the support Amy's family and community were receiving via social media, there was also negativity. Shortly after Amy's story went viral, TC and ZS took to their Instagram accounts and basically bragged about their involvement in the fight. Both girls showed no remorse as they gloated about how they were happy that Amy was dead. TC insulted Amy's looks and went under Amy's hashtags making statements confirming that she had been the one in the fight and that she didn't feel bad about what happened. On Instagram, ZS put in her bio, quote, yeah, we killed her, she deserved it. After getting backlash for their posts, ZS backed down and explained that she was sorry for what happened to Amy, but that she wasn't going to lose any sleep over it. She claimed TC was losing the fight and she was only trying to help her friend. Shortly after this post, ZS disabled her Instagram account. Sometime after these posts were made, 
Videos of who are believed to be ZS and CW went around Instagram of each girl on two separate occasions getting jumped in retaliation for what happened to Amy. In one video, one of the girls is being jumped by both boys and girls. At first, people nearby are trying to break up the fight, but more people end up joining in the fight. Eventually, people started moving away from the scene as the girl continues to be punched and pulled by her hair. In the other video, the other girl, who was an employee at a local Target, is seen getting jumped by Amy's older sister and her fellow Target co-workers. There is a male adult asking the girls to stop fighting, but he does not step in to stop it. In May 2016, charges were filed against TC, ZS, and CW. TC, being the main aggressor, was given the heavier charge of criminal negligent homicide and a second charge of third-degree criminal conspiracy. The first charge carried a sentence of eight years in prison, while the second carried a one-year prison sentence. TC's lawyer, John Deckers, petitioned to have TC charged as a juvenile and to have her case tried in family court. ZS and CW were also charged with third-degree criminal conspiracy and would be tried concurrently with TC. There was a split reaction to the news regarding the girls' charges. Some people felt that they should have been tried as adults, while others felt that trying them in family court was fair and appropriate considering their age. All three girls were 16, the same age as Amy, at the time of the fight. Ultimately, the defense was successful in getting the girls' case heard in family court. TC, ZS, and CW's trial began in June of 2017. The prosecution's main argument during the trial was that all three girls were guilty of conspiring to attack Amy, which caused her death. The defense would counter that because the girls had no reason to expect Amy to die as a result of the fight, that they should not be placed at fault for what happened. There were several key testimonies given during the trial, and the first came from Deputy Chief Medical Examiner Adrian Sekula Perlman. Sekula Perlman testified that based on the findings of her examination of Amy's body, that the legal nature of her death was homicide. Amy's body had shown rare defects in her heart and also showed that she suffered injuries to her soft tissues from being punched repeatedly. Essentially, Amy's heart could not handle the physical and emotional stress of the fight and it triggered her heart and lung defects. Next to testify was Ursula McCoy. McCoy recounted what happened when she found Amy in the bathroom and how she had stayed with her until she took her last breath. Under cross-examination by the defense, McCoy read a report which stated that during the 2015 to 2016 school year, 
Howard High had 40 reported incidences of fights on campus compared to 20 reported incidents from the year before. McCoy admitted that some fights would also go unreported. McCoy told the courtroom about how she warned students about social media and how they needed to be careful about how they used it because of the adverse impact it would have on, their, on them later in life. Lastly, McCoy was asked to read TC's middle school and high school disciplinary record, which only had her fight with Amy listed. The first teacher to find Amy in the bathroom, Stacy Sudler, testified next. Sudler explained how he had heard screaming coming from the second floor, had found Amy in the bathroom, and how he rushed to get her help. Sudler said that while he was in the hallway, he had spoken to TC, who still looked riled up from the fight. When Sudler asked TC what happened, she said she shouldn't have been running her mouth. During the trial, several issues were highlighted, like what should a 16-year-old expect as a result of a fight, what type of clothing is considered fighting clothes, and whether Amy was attacked or a willing participant in the fight. After both parties rested their case, they waited on Judge Coonan's decision on the girl's fate. In his ruling, Judge Coonan determined that it was his belief that high school students should know that a, fact, that a fight could lead to a serious physical injury. Because TC had failed to assess the risk of the outcome of the attack, this constituted a gross deviation from the standard of conduct of her peers. Considering the evidence of threatening messages, which included a text from ZS saying, we gonna get her, Conan agreed that it did prove TC and ZS had planned to attack Amy. Conan also agreed that Amy was attacked with the intent to harm and that Amy's engagement in the fight was not mutual. Conan would find TC delinquent, a term which is equivalent to being found guilty when charged as an adult on both charges of criminal negligent homicide and third degree conspiracy. ZS was found delinquent on her charge of third degree conspiracy for her involvement in the fight while CW was acquitted on her charge. CW's defense attorney was able to convince the judge that there was no sufficient there was not sufficient enough evidence to prove that she had any part in planning Amy's attack. TC was sentenced to six months at a residential treatment program for juvenile delinquents and two years of probation once she was released from that program. TC was also ordered to perform 500 hours of community service. ZS was sentenced to eight months of probation and 300 hours of community service. A year later, the Delaware Supreme Court overturned TC's conviction on the basis that TC could not have foreseen Amy's death since her pre-existing heart condition was not known to her at the time of the fight. 
In their written opinion, the Supreme Court stated that no reasonable fact finder could conclude that the attack posed such a great risk of death, and even though they agreed that the fight was violent in nature, they felt that it would be taking it too far to hold TC primarily responsible for Amy's death. Amy's family were understandably upset with this decision and publicly disagreed with it in the media. The family's spokesperson, Sherry Dorsey Walker, questioned whether the Supreme Court had actually reviewed all of the evidence, asking whether the justices had seen the video of the fight and how unfair it was that TC, ZS, and CW were essentially able to walk away from the situation while Amy's family was still dealing with their loss. In April of 2018, Amy's family sued TCZS and the New Castle County Votech School District. In their lawsuit, the Joyner Francis family accused school officials of failing to properly monitor student activities in the bathroom and, and accused them of missing warning signs leading up to the day of the fight. The family believed that TC and ZS had acted recklessly during the altercation, stating that they had shown up to school that day ready to fight. The family is seeking compensatory and punitive damages from the school district and from TC and ZS. As of this year, the lawsuit is still pending. In cases like this, it can be so easy to blame society's fascination with catfights between young women and girls on reality TV shows and the internet. TV shows like the, like the Love & Hip Hop franchise and Basketball Wives consistently air content involving women bickering and throwing hands for respect, credibility, and sometimes over a man. There are dedicated websites like worldstarhiphop.com and Twitter accounts that are dedicated to posting video clips of teenage girls fighting in school. At the end of the day, neither TV nor the internet can be completely at fault for the unfortunate of situations like the one that occurred in Amy's case. In my personal opinion, young black girls need to be given as many creative and healthy outlets to express their emotions and also be given the proper tools to handle conflict. If resources aren't being invested into students, making sure that they are becoming productive young adults, then of course, more incidents like this are likely to happen. Let's be honest, we, we all have it in us to go off and wanna fight, but not all of us are fortunate enough to have enough sense to not engage and simply walk away. I think this unfortunate case is a huge lesson in picking your battles and having better judgment when it comes to making possible life-altering decisions. Thank you for joining me on this week's episode of Noir True Crime Files. The show is available on all major streaming platforms such as Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and Google Play. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at NTCF Podcast, and you can also visit the show's official website at noirtcfpodcast.squarespace.com. Join me next week for a new crime file. Until then, goodbye for now.
This episode is brought to you by Podbean Live. Podbean Livestream is a unique platform for turning your podcast production into a live show. It's open to any podcaster on any hosting site. Easily invite multiple co-hosts and guests to join your live stream. Earn money from live show ticket sales and get listener rewards and engage your audience in new and exciting ways. Ready to get started? Sign up today at www.podbean.com slash live. That's P-O-D-B-E-A-N dot com slash live. Now is the chance to use reliable energy to grow your money with the Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. Our new investment product offers competitive returns, no maintenance fees, and flexible online access to your money. Make the reliable investment in reliable energy. The Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. To find out more, go online to reliabilityinvestment.com. That's reliabilityinvestment.com.